cliffcentral.com. All right, we're going to we're going to go to John Foster Pedley in a moment. We're going to find out what he's up to and how he believes hope is the world's new currency. John Foster Pedley is well known to our audiences here on cliffcentral.com as the dean and the director of Henley Business School in Africa. John, how are you? Great, thanks. Uh, can you hear me okay? Perfectly, loud and clear. Whereabouts are you? Are you at home? I'm at home in my in my little study getting up in the morning. But what a boost to listen to you guys. I mean it's just been amazing. You're, you're I'm definitely you're, hopeful hopeful after listening to you. Well your your study looks like a a, a game lodge. It's fantastic. I love the look of that place. It's <laughs> awesome. Nice to see it's you. A, it's actually it's, it's actually the loft over the garage there. You know, the <laughs> okay, plant well. put in there looked like it looked like it's something good. <laughs> that'll work. So John, first of all, nice to see you again. Um how's Henley doing? Right. You got you guys haven't stopped through the pandemic. I know you've been keeping on keeping on and uh you know, education in this country has changed so much. There's so much to talk about there. Before we get into hope being the new currency, give us a, an update on what's happening with Henley. Well, we went into um, you know we went into virtual education before lockdown, thank mm. goodness, because uh, we 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 drank our own Kool Aid, as it were, well not yeah. Kool Aid, and uh, <clears throat> and really got um, going. So we've been plowing on for the last I don't know four hundred and eighty odd days and completely virtually. It's going fine. We uh, had a graduation of seven hundred and sixty eight people, I think, over the wow. nineteen ceremonies virtually. And that's hopeful. You know, when you see when you see all these people working hard and graduating and the family behind them and all the smiles, you think, yeah, there's something really going on in life. That's, uh, how, that's how, worth, many, that's uh, how many people, how many people have been through the, the doors of Henley? How many people have you educated in business in, in, in Africa? I mean, this is quite this is quite an impressive thing to be able to claim. Gee, you know, um, we have about half of the total students that Henley has globally, and we have operations in Malaysia and Germany and the UK. So we had about 4,500 last year. We'll have about wow. four or 5,000 this year. So they're coming through, and we started off with 80 or 90, you know, 10 years mm. ago. So, uh, yeah, that's what we're doing. That's fantastic. It's, it's, it's superb to know that this is all happening in, in Africa. And I mentioned before we brought you on, you're one of those people, you could be anywhere in the world and you have been all over the world. Um, but you really believe in Africa. And, and this brings us to hope as a currency. You really believe in this continent, the opportunities it provides, the talent that we have here. Um, tell me about hope and, and what role that it plays, especially at a time where people are feeling a little less hopeful. Um, people are, are feeling very let down by what's going on around them, by Corona, by the events of last week in places like Durban. You you still are very hopeful yourself. Where do you get that from? And give us an idea of, of what your secret is. I don't think there's any magic to it. I mean, I think if you're an educator, you're in a privileged position because we see people who come from oh, terrible circumstances. Uh, their families haven't had anything and they plowed everything into their kids so they can educate. And then you see them on the screen. They've come up after a year or two or three years of hard work. Um, mm -hmm. Their whole family is sacrificed. And these people are graduating in really good programs. And they thought they, they, thought they couldn't do this. Uh, their families probably thought they couldn't do it. They thought it was out of their reach. And you see people who've just buckled down, the whole family put effort in, and they see their kids graduating in proper qualifications. And when you look behind and you see the families celebrating, and when we have a graduation in Africa, it's hilarious. Because we go to the UK graduations, you know, they're all ever so stiff. 
but we get to Africa. We've got dancing. We've got people on stilts. In fact, we had, you know, imagine that, that, that platform with all the academics. They were all <laughs> dancing, and they were from England as well. It was just <laughs> blows your mind, the whole vibe of this sort of liveliness. And, um, and I think if you're in education, you just get so much reinforcement about what's possible, what people can do, and they couldn't believe it. And it's totally privileged. Um, I think we confuse education with intelligence. Just because you're educated, yeah. people think, oh, I'm supremely yeah. gifted. And because you're not educated, you think yeah. you're not. And that's so wrong. Our South Africans, they're 85% black, 52% women. They do these sort of exams on the MBA. They're blind assessed internationally with the Malaysians, the Germans, the Chinese, mm. and the Brits. And the South Africans do better than them that's in blind very, assessments. That's very interesting. So you just got to go, you know. It's, but this is fact, so I yeah. don't make this up. You know, you just got to watch. So where do you get hope? I think you've got to. I think you got to watch the little thing. You know, what do you What do you mean? Though? You look at you guys this morning. Yeah, so I, listen. I mean, obviously, we're all tremendously hopeful people. I mean, look at um, Bulelo; he's not cynical at all, and and uh, Lebang is clearly the opposite. But. But uh, I'm curious that you say hope is a currency. Now, now, a currency means we can trade it with each other. A currency means it's a repository of value. Um, and I, I, I can see how you make that assessment, but explain it to us in your own words, because maybe many people don't realize what uh, enormous amount of value they're sitting on if they're hopeful people. Well, I remember a moment in my life I was absolutely hopeless. I was just sitting in Manchester in my late 20s, I'd, I'd uh, sort of come out of being a hippie and all that. And I was sitting there on a gray day, sitting on a bench saying, oh, life isn't worth living. You know, I've thrown it all away. And I looked up and this is such a cliche, but it's true as God. Mm. I saw an old lady walking across the road and this bloke came over and helped her across the road. And in that one moment, I remember kindness. I remember what people do. And then you start looking for that. And you see there's so much of it everywhere. We clutter our minds with anxiety and worry and doomsaying. But you just got to look around. There is, there is an equal balance with disaster, with positive things going on all the time. You've really got to notice that. And I think it's a currency because if you give hope to someone, look, let's do something hopeful now. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm, You've got a radio show, fantastic radio show. Uh, I've got a business school. Mm -hmm. So I, I can give scholarships away to people who've done good things. So why don't we give a Gareth Cliff scholarship away to somebody who's got a matric, who's now in their 30s, maybe a returning, a mum returning to work, who's done good things away. We say, you can have one of our level five programs for free, but you've got to choose them. Okay. Hmm. There's a little thing. There's a little thing of hope. Let's do it. And so I'll commit to that, if you will. So let's find well, somebody. You're creating, now, ad, you're we, creating such admin for me. You know, I'm, I'm not a very, I'm not a very generous I, I person. Knew, I knew you'd say that. We'll do the admin for you. You find the person, we'll do the admin. All right. Now, we'll, 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 we'll set up a little email address, and let's do that. I mean, I love it yeah. because, because there are people who are sitting around at the moment, and they're hungry for this kind of thing. There's just nothing exactly. for them. Um, we, we, live, we live in a really interesting continent and in a really interesting country. And despite all the news, which is by its very nature, news is always negative. News is always designed to elicit a flight or fight response from people because that's what gets them to click that's what gets them to to subscribe and and really if you don't appeal to those base natures of people you miss out on huge audiences and that's how the media business works but we have enormous need in africa we have enormous opportunity as a result of that enormous need so you've got people who live in places where there is no electricity there is no water there is no infrastructure there's no internet um, 
and then you've got this this incredible uh, hunger, this this desire to succeed, which we have more than almost any other part of the world because people in Africa know what is out there. They know what is possible. And because of that, they're desperate to get there themselves. Whereas people in the first world or the developed world, those people are mostly saturated. They've got a certain level of comfort. They've got a certain level of expectation. And most of them quite happy to just kind of carry on and and maintain whatever they've got at the moment. Here, that's not good enough. People have to succeed. They have to achieve. So there's a desire to make it, which counts for more than any amount of talent, right? Well, I think it does. I mean, the point is we, we mystify and, and sort of put talent on a pedestal as if it's something you're, uh, you're gifted with. I'm, I'm a huge believer in ordinariness. You know, the ordinary human brain is, is phenomenal. The ordinary body, the ordinary everything we have, we just somehow think that we've got to be given something extra to be successful. We don't. We've got all the tools we have. So you say hope's a currency, and I think it is. I think it is stuff you can give to other people. But um, it's also a choice, and it's a—I mean, what a patronizing thing to say of somebody like me sitting in a in a, in a thatch loft, saying to people who've got nothing, you know, hopes of choice. It's not meant like that, though. You know, imagine a life without hope, where it's going to go for you. And so you actually have to choose hope. We have to choose and help each other. Sometimes mm. life is really impossible. But if you don't choose hope, if you don't be hopeful to other people. Then we all have no choice at all. You know, nobody, the community doesn't come out after the riots. It's throw their hands up in horror. You know, and hope. You've got to have hope to plan. You've got to have hope to take initiative. Mm. You've got to have hope to move anything. So hope is we live with hope all the time, but the chattering of our minds covers it all up. So in tiny ways, we need to need to sponsor it in each other and help each other. And I'm not talking from some Pollyannaish religious you know perspective on this. Nothing you know against religion in any way whatsoever but it's just a, a factor of humanity you you have to choose to be hopeful at some point because otherwise you're not going to go anywhere and that doesn't mean your life's going to be easy of course it's going to be riven with 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 challenge but that's where that's where it becomes a currency because when you see somebody else losing it just give them a hand man just say okay come on um, just lift each other up a little bit and you know, life just gets better, but it's still hard, but it's better, you know. I just have to refer to something Carl says here. I love how John came on with his own elevator music because he's taking you to the top. <laughs> because we, we, heard, we, we, heard some, we heard some guitar music in the back there, John, and I, I think that's such a good point that Carl brings up. Yeah, Courtney says he's got the ambience sorted. Uh, your music has stopped, unfortunately, but I love that. That was very cool. Um, John, John, when you came on, was that playing in the background? Is there someone with a guitar or is that just playing on, on some system? No, I, I just I just love to have guitar music around. I, I'm, I'm extremely <laughs> poor guitarist, and uh, and so you know I've been trying for many years to play guitar. I played in a band once or twice, and you know uh, they were so bad, but it was such fun. You know, yeah. and I would never change that. Yeah, I, I love it. All right, so when we talk about hope, and, and you brought up something now, uh, it's very difficult to be hopeful when things are going the way that they are. And and I don't just mean in terms of last week's events, which really a, a, a bit of a blip on the radar. I mean, you know, we've had mm. mostly, and again, people have a problem with context, John, which you may want to address. People have a problem seeing and hearing what the, the average setting is, what the default setting is when things get out of kilter. And then they make very bad knee-jerk decisions. 
based on the immediate events rather than the long-term or the short or the, or the medium-term assessment of, of things. So there's that. But there's also this coronavirus, which, let's face it, has thrown even the most powerful nations in the world into disarray. We've got protests all over the world. You have places like Cuba where people have just had enough. You have places um, like like China where the you know the government keep on lying to their people and to the rest of the world. We've got the United States where they're printing money uh, as as if there's no tomorrow because they some of the people may believe there's no tomorrow. And you've got Boris Johnson changing his mind left, right, and center on what's going on in the UK. It's very hard for people to find a north star to guide them in all of this. It's very hard for people to find someone they can believe in or something they can trust. Don't you agree? And that's that's where hope starts. You have to have something to aim at. I think it you know, I often think life's a very narrowly balanced line between forces working against and working for, you know, and, and we tend to dramatize the ones working against, not notice it the ordinariness of people being kind and holding it all together. And I think, I think that is a perception. I think hope is requires discipline. Hmm. I think you've got to, you've got to have discipline. You've got to force you, you've got to control your fears. You've got to, or even face them even better, walk into them. I mean, your mind screaming at you because it's so terrifying. Take a deep breath, do a bit of meditation or whatever, whatever you do. And, and, and let that voice chatter away the screaming parrot in your right ear, you know, that, all disaster and a little meerkat on your left shoulder and that's cool listen to the meerkat a bit more but you're right it's it's, this isn't a trivial issue you know if to be serious for a moment there's a wonderful book by um victor frankl called in search of meaning and he was you 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 all know this it's a story about how he was in concentration camps and who survived and who didn't The, the the Big optimists didn't make it because they were so disappointed so easily. Hmm. The pessimists didn't make it because they couldn't see what the possibilities were. And what he called a tragic optimist, the ones who decided life was worth living, you know, in spite of pain and grief and death and, and all the things that, that come with life, those people who nonetheless just stood with it and carried on and felt that life, life included that and was worth living, um, they're the ones who survived. And I think there's that sort of level of resilience that comes with real hope. I'm not talking, you know, the preachy type of hope or the fantastic, you know, hope peddlers. I'm not. I'm talking something quite deep, a real sense of who you are. If you love somebody, you hope, you know, and so we want to love. And so practice that. But don't expect it to come without pain because it won't, you know, but that's part of the deal. And so you've just got to also, if you're hopeful, you've got to put up with a lot of stuff that's that's rough. But when you've got people who are authentically hopeless in really difficult situations in poverty, then that's where we have to change the system. We, we've got to be activists. And I don't think you can sit, sit in comfort if you're hopeful. I think you've got to be hard-hitting. I think you've got to get out there. I think you've got to talk about it. And, and part of hope is mobilizing people in the right way, not destructive mobs, but mobilizing people to say, we are going to change the system. We are going to stop corruption happening. We're going to stand up against that. I did a youth program on on um, on uh, on youth this week, and it was just amazing to see these young people talking about how we're going to change the education system, how we want to stop corruption in politics, how corruption damages the poor. And we're going to tell people to um, show, sorry, <coughs> to understand that. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're a hopeful person, you you don't become dumb. In fact, um, you know, optimism is often stigmatized. You know, the, the research shows if you're slightly cynical. And negative, people think you're more intelligent. Well, that's absolute rubbish. You know, that's the cop out. Hmm. You know, if you're 
properly optimistic, you're properly bright, especially if you understand that comes with something. So be active, get out there. Um, do what we do what you do. And then if you're older or in a position, then be a leader. You know, if you're going to be a leader or if you're going to speak out on these things, people are going to beat you up. I mean, you must know that. Yeah. <laughs> like usually. So uh, um, I think if you're going to be hopeful, you have to work. So that, that would be my point of view. And the system we live in can be changed. There's no doubt about it. We, you know, even, even the business system we live in has all these unintended consequences on people. But it's up to us to stand up there and do something. And every time you hear somebody being racist or something, speak up about it. Just say, sorry that I, I hear you saying that, but I don't believe that. Just that small voice is saying, nope, that's enough sometimes. Well, you don't have to rant and rage. That's my little philosophy there, Gareth. Yeah, Lebang and um, Bulelo, you, you guys, um, you know, you've obviously got some things you want to ask John as well, and we've got a bit of time before we, we wrap it up for this morning. I mean, education is such an important part of this, but that's just one avenue. That's just one area that we, we can focus on. I, I like the idea that this is something that's available to everybody at no cost all of the time. It's getting your head right. And I know that discipline, Bulelo, that word appeals to you. You brought it up just yesterday, I think. Mm, mm. No, and I, I absolutely love the way it's, you know, the, this version of hope, uh, because, John, you, uh, you'll forgive me if you are, but I am. Uh, I have my sort of skepticism about uh, religion and exactly what you were saying. Uh, so I love that you, 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 you cleared that right up, because I think once you, once you it's not cool to be positive. It's, it's not cool anymore. It's, it's not cool to, to talk about wanting to uh, probably uh, do the objective thing that we've all agreed on because I, uh, that's because we've got snake oil salesmen or whatever it is. So to have people like you is absolutely incredible. But I just wanted to uh, ask you in terms of uh, education, in, uh, do you think we're ever going to head back to probably trying to educate people more holistically or do you think now we are just uh, sort of preparing people to go to the sweatshop that we call business, you know? <laughs> like just an <laughs> Well, I think business... It's changing. I think people understand now. You just can't plow ahead making random profits and have consequences on people in society and hold people in poverty as a consequence. You have to think about prosperity for people. So you start reframing business as creating prosperity. And you can start changing the rules and laws. That's happening more and more globally. Um, I, I do think that uh, education is, is really changing. I mean, it's, there are many initiatives over the years where people have done more holistic education. But you don't have to think of it as something freaky. Our minds are capable of being analytical. They're also capable of imagination. Uh, we don't train imagination enough. But how can you not have imagination and think about a future? You can't just analyze your way to the future because in a real sense, you create that future. You've got to make choices. You've got to see the future you want and create it. Now, if you do that, um, you've got to be optimistic. Um, but it's a tough optimism. It's not, it's not a sort of optimism that's, that people are going to love you for. You know, it's, it's an activist, tough optimism. You know, if you decide not to break down but to build, you're going to have all the forces who want to break down and hold their power massed against you. Right. You need courage. You need real guts. And that's, what I, that's why I love the activist journalists so much. Uh, they do brilliant work and put their lives on the line. That's, a, that's an act of deep communal and optimism. We should support them. And also to be uh, to be willing to be unpopular, right? I mean, Lebang, what do you think of that? 
For sure. Um, I was just going to comment on, uh, we spoke about Jacob Zuma earlier and how um, he he got the, the go-ahead with regards to, to you know, getting... Um, the postponement of... Being of his, in, oh, yes, yes, the postponement. But it was difficult to, to find that in the news yesterday. If he got rejected, that was going to be everywhere. So generally, I think my, my takeaway is that things that are, are more in the negative light are always easy to find. As Mbulelo said, like, it's, it's not cool to be cool, uh, to be nice and to be positive. People are generally looking at being depressed as an aesthetic and going through so much as a real thing. Yeah, and John, you like just mentioned complain. something so, so important that hope is a choice. And I'm curious, in as much as it's a choice, like for some people, it could be subconscious because we were lucky enough to grow up in the right households with the right environment where we've got these positive influences continuously around us. But what about the hopeless guy at the bottom who's living in poverty? What are some of the active, you know, decisions that he or she must make every morning to participate in this choice of hope every morning? I mean, for some of us, it can come out naturally, as I'm saying, great for us, but it's not you know, it's, it's not the same for all of us. So I'm curious to know, you know, John, what your opinion is for somebody out there who's listening and they're like, yo, screw this, I can die tomorrow and I don't give a rat's ass. Like, what, what can you say to them to actually choose hope every single day so that they can become better versions of themselves? Well, there's a guy I know called Welcome uh, Bitboy. And he was, see, he was in prison for a long time. Uh, he was a general of the 28s, I think. And he, we've, he's now, we've given him some scholarships and he's, He's turned his life around. He, he's had a, he had a really tough time. And he's working with a Bright Spark Foundation, for example, uh, helping young, uh, young people in the townships, et cetera, to avoid gangsterism and crime. A person like him is who you should talk to about something like that. When I listen to him, I see, I see him coming to a point where he did go into the darker areas of what he could do, but he made a choice that he wanted to come out of that. Um, and it was a very tough story. He had to... Uh, ask uh, the other generals whether he could leave the gang. And, and there was a wonderful story about how he stood there with two other generals behind him holding knives and interrogated by the ones. And they allowed him out of the gangs. The only reason they allowed him out of the gangs because as an act of kindness, he taught two of those other generals to read earlier on. Hmm. Um, and it's, and, and well, usually they let him out. Now, the point is that there is nothing you can easily say to somebody like that, but there are something you can do. You can You can... You know, when somebody comes to your, your car wanting something from you, instead of turning away and rolling up the window, you don't have to lower, lower the window, especially these days, but look, look the person in the eyes and at least smile. Yeah. You know, just in tiny ways keep generating humanity. You know, the, the fear, fear makes people two-dimensional. We don't see people's humanity. It's terribly scary. So don't let that happen to us. Look at people and just take the pain yeah. of, of not being able to help sometimes, but, but give some humanity. Often that's enough to help people. Just a little, just being human. Um, you may not be able to give a lot, but my God, you can give just a little bit of equality and normality to people and, and recognize who they are. And that can, that can really help. And then do everything we can to change the system. Because I tell you what, hope doesn't come as a free, free ride. You've got to move. You've got to, you've got to fight, man. You've got to fight forever. Yeah. yeah. John, um, before we let you go, this has been awesome. I, you said the magic word for me is uh, discipline, and I struggle with it because mm. I'm really an, an extremist. So I, I'm probably not, I'm not a good person to try and teach the message because I'm I don't have that emotional intelligence sort of to to teach. But do you think it's something you can teach, or is it um, innate? Because to 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 me, it's I believe there is nothing. I have nothing in my life without discipline. But some people say that's too much. So I say, okay, I, I know no other life. Can you teach discipline or do you think it's innate? 
Hmm. No, you, you have to teach discipline. I mean, it's it's the whole thing. Self-discipline comes from quite often m imposed discipline. You know, good parenting is not about just letting people do everything. And I'm not great at that. You know, I'm sometimes far too liberal in some ways and far too hectic in others. Um, but I think it's absolutely taught. You, 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 you teach people, you model discipline. Often, I think... I think it's caught, not taught sometimes. People people follow what you do, show what you're doing, and show the benefits of it. People are much smarter than we think in some ways, in subtle ways. They'll notice if you're disciplined. They'll notice the benefits as well. And when we're talking about discipline, we're not talking about the sort of discipline that, that crashes you up. We're talking about discipline of not reacting to something terrifying immediately, not losing your temper and being angry. Because when you do that, you lose perspective. You've got no hope, really, of being rational, helpful, or seeing a big picture. If you've lost your temper, or if you've reacted, or if you've just hidden in fear, what happens is your peripheral vision narrows down, uh, literally and, and psychologically, mm. and you see what's in to be Hopeful is to be able to scan the system. And it's horrible, because sometimes you see things you don't want to see. But you have to have the discipline of seeing what's there, facing what's there. And that's another reason I, I love the sort of shows you do, because, you know, with all the humor and everything you wrap up, you're exposing so many perspectives to people and you're offering different different things wrapped up in humor and, and care that people need to hear. And it and it helps people. And I think that's the sort of discipline you need to. And I, I don't get that you're not a good teacher or something uh, because, you know, I've been listening to you and you've certainly got emotional intelligence, young man. Uh, so you certainly got that in, in, in huge amounts. So, uh, you know, you could be a great teacher, I promise you. Yes. Young man, yes. My favorite part of everything you said. I've always wanted me young, yes. I so rarely get the chance. <laughs> that's all you ever wanted. <laughs> Never mind that you could be a teacher uh, and save lives. You are a young man. Yeah, <laughs> when you've got a grey beard, you can get away with it sometimes. Not often. Don't you think, though, that there is, there is a bit, because what's, what seems to be coming up as a theme rather a lot this morning is this idea of optimism and pessimism and positivity and negativity. Mm, and and it, mm. it does seem to me that there is a bit of a pushback from ordinary people now who are sick to death of all the negative stuff. They're actually turning, actively turning away from the sources of pessimism and negativity in their lives, whether that is government, whether it is the news, whether it is the media, whether it is people who, who in their life are toxic relationships they don't need to be a part of anymore. It seems to me we're, we're wising up. We're getting better at, at, at counting out those influences which are making us feel worse and making our lives a little bit more unbearable. And, and people are they're not as easily led by the nose as they might have been before. I mean, we started the show this morning talking a bit about propaganda and talking about the fact that, that people aren't so stupid. They are starting to see through the smoke and mirrors act that has been put together by big corporations, government, the unions, media, who are all in cahoots, frankly. And they leave most of us, they leave most of us out. Most of us are not playing that game anymore. We can see through it. We're over being sold a bill of goods which is just not delivering yeah i get that and i think that's very true i mean i mean it's it's it's, it's, just, it's funny you know if we get lots of optimism it all starts to see seem vague and mushy and pollyanna and then we start craving a little bit more rigor and discipline and 
and, you know, reality, mm. you know, which is often pessimism wrapped up. So we get that reality. So, okay, I get the world. And then you get the downside of reality, which is just cynicism. I think cynical people are just passionate people who've been disappointed once too often. But anyway, get all this cynicism. And then everyone goes, oh, give me hope. And if you don't, what you cycle to the upside of hope, the downside of hope, the upside of yeah. kind of that and that. So the thing is to hold yourself in the top, give yourself a sort of a hope and optimism that, that actually encompasses the stuff around you. Don't make it a refuge. Just make it a choice um, of the way of living. Because you can't, if you want to learn, learning is based in optimism. You know, you, it's not like painful learning all the time. If you want to learn, it's because you want to grow yourself. And you've got a sense that by learning, by studying, whatever it is, you'll learn things and you'll see life differently. You'll have more capabilities. And that's very true. And that's why education is so phenomenal. It gives you greater capabilities. It allows you to drive this engine better. It doesn't change the engine size. It was always good. It's just now you learn to drive it. You start to find a whole lot of tricks that can do. You can never believe it. You know, eventually I'll be able to play guitar properly, maybe. Mm. You know, but I'm not going to give yeah. up. You know, that's for sure. Um, but I, I think you've got to have this sense of um, of, of learning and moving, and you know. On one level, you know, life is going to end badly for all of us. And so in one way, we're all going to, we're all going to pass on. So is yeah. there any hope? You know, but I've got kids. I look at their eyes, you know, and, uh, and they, um, and they're my hope and everyone else's kids. So why don't we stop thinking about ourselves quite so much and yeah. think about what is, what do we want to do for our kids? What's the world we want to leave for them and work together on this? You know, forget this nonsense that we so many things that clutter our mind about difference of race all that sort of thing. There's, there's no science of race that exists we're all one human race why don't we think about the society we want to build and start to visualize that now that's not a weird optimistic thing that's just plain simple good old healthy planning mm -hmm. and let's work on that and and let's stand up robustly against people who destroy that particularly <laughs> people who are corrupting and taking hope from youth because corruption takes hope from youth that stops people who are talented getting opportunities and gives yeah. it to people who can't do it we have to fight that implacably um and that's when we get tough and so you know optimism is not without its toughness that's for sure i love that that's a great note to to end this morning on um thank you john it's always good to have you on and and you yeah. really you you bring with you buckets of hope and and not that uh, the cheesy kind uh, this is really useful stuff to know thank i know you. that i know that you're practically improving people's lives on a daily basis at Henley, you and your excellent team of people there. And it's always good to check in with you. you. It feels like uh, far too long since I last saw you. So it's nice to have you on the show this yeah. morning. Thank you. Great. And let's get our scholarship going. Absolutely. Okay. Well, now you've created, I'm going to be flooded with emails. I'm just forwarding them straight to you. I know. Uh, yeah, do that. You know, please, you, yeah. know you know, you know how much of a philanthropist I am. I just, I just pass it straight on to John. All right, John, thanks so much. Nice to see you. Good. Thank you very much. Nice to good, see you. Good, lovely guys. stuff. Cliffcentral.com.